Bees Radio Network. Live coverage of Bees Home Games. The podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Well, hello again, hockey fans, and it's been quite a while for me to say hello to you all here on the uh, Bees Radio Network podcast. But despite my time away through a mixture of holiday and also a mixture of illness as well, I'm delighted to say you've been in the very safe and capable hands of Mark Denham, who joins me. Mark, how are we? They've not often been called safe or capable. I'm very well. How are you? <laughs> it's, I'm a lot better than I was about a week and a half ago, but they're safe and capable. You've had a fantastic little run with uh, Stuart Robinson making a sneaky surprise appearance in my uh, absence and uh, doing a brilliant job last week with the uh, preview around the North at very short notice as I, uh, I I came down with about a tonsillitis, ladies and gentlemen, last week, and it just uh, completely derailed me. I managed to get back in shape to get back on the air Sunday but the podcast proved elusive to me but when you've got Mark's and I'll use them again safe and capable hands you've got no problem at all can I put that like you know on my blog or something on Twitter safe and capable it's better than going on your tombstone I suppose (laughs) (laughs) yeah these safe and capable hands kept us going speaking of tombstones how are we doing with the laptop following Sunday's Slight technical issues at the start of the game. Yeah, we better. I mean, it's uh, compared to some of what's gone on in the hockey world this weekend, it's it's not been too bad. But uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know, on a Sunday prior to our commentary of the Leeds Chief game, about 10 minutes before we were due to face off, the, the laptop decided to have a bit of a meltdown with the uh, software that we used to stream out on the Mixler service. And uh, um, we were sort of having to sort of at one point we weren't going to be doing anything and then I remembered I'd installed the uh, Mixler app on my iPhone so we were able to do something at least on the iPhone and get some coverage out um, during that time where Mark and this this you probably won't realize this it was one of Mark's first ever times doing play-by-play live as well which was a, a very unique experience for him with the iPhone in the hand we'll get on to that in just a minute <laughs> yeah during that time I was having to desperately try and install restore do some work in the background on the laptop I just couldn't get it back alive again so we uh we soldiered on throughout the uh, the rest of the game on the iPhone, uh, and uh, but thankfully we do have a, a new laptop in place. I've done a couple of early tests on it here, and it looks like we're going to be all good to go again this Sunday against Milton Keynes Lightning. So first of all, apologies that the standard wasn't up to the usual standard. You can blame technology for that. But secondly, what an amazing job you did uh, calling that game. Uh, at very short notice, <laughs> uh, very, uh, we're in less than perfect technology situations. Uh, if and, I describe uh, to you the the situation on Sunday was that we discovered the laptop wasn't going to work at about ten two when we were just about to go live. We were going to press the button and go live, and the uh, the laptop's not working. So all of a sudden, there's a bit of a panic, uh, and uh, Graham like reboots, tries to get the software running again. We can't do it, and then. At uh, just a couple of minutes before face-off, literally the players are moving to centre ice before face-off. Graham then says, we can do it on the iPhone. And he's looking at his laptop and looking at his laptop and then hands me the phone, uh, like a shift into the game. Okay, I'll pick up now. Having never done play-by-play before, I'll pick up now and do my best. And I must admit, it's given me a real admiration for what you do because you make it seem, I mean, I obviously did the, the commentary with you at Coventry which I think is a little easier because you're commenting on a stream there that people are watching, whereas what you're doing with the bees is we're doing a radio commentary, so you are those people's eyes. What you do is you make it seem so effortless because there was me, you know, like describing what was going on and thinking, aha, hang on, they can't see, so I best tell them we're in the defensive zone. We've just crossed into the attack, and it's all it was all a bit much for me, I have to say, and like just the way you make it look so effortless. 
I think we need to go back to the very first football commentaries that there were on the radio when they used to have the squares and you'd hear you'd have someone commentating on the game and in the background someone going square two, square three, square four. <laughs> yeah. And so people could follow where they were on the No, I think you did an outstanding job. I thought you did an amazing job with it. Um it, it's it's a unique challenge commentating, uh, and it's an even more unique it's a it's a unique challenge commentating, one, any sport. It's an even more unique challenge commentating on one of the fastest sports in the world. And then it's an even more unique challenge when it's on radio. As you say, you don't have the option of people being able to at least follow the puck on the screen. You're having to be the eyes and ears of them uh, on the match night. But I thought you did a tremendous job and the, the reviews of it coming in have trickled in from various places. Very people, very happy. So we'll pass you the microphone again this weekend. It will be fine. Don't worry. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> throw you in at the deep end that's always the best way to do it because as well for you obviously um for those who don't know mark's had a few um health concerns i think is the politest way of putting it this year uh, a very nasty infection that did a it was it was doing its best to give you a good kicking to start off the season so that was actually your first time seeing the players on the ice this season as well which i've missed the i missed the first two games through illness and the third game the league opener against peterborough I was working. So, you know, my first game, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'll, I'll ease into this nicely. You know, first time seeing the team on the ice, first time seeing the new league and then handed an iPhone. Do the commentary. Do the commentary. I'm working on the tech. Ah, OK. <laughs> and I will say, I will say, though, that, you know, um, the, the new league certainly impressed me on, uh, on Sunday night as well. Um, the, the speed the skill and that on show. The new league impressed me. The the work ethic of the bees as well impressed me. Or when I say of the bees, of the bees that we had available to us, because, you know, there's been a, a horrible injury uh, run at the start of the season, of the bees that we had available to us and the youngsters who stepped up at short notice, very impressive. Yeah, it's quite incredible. You look at that team, okay, there's obviously some injuries we've known about, Galazzi, yeah, sadly, James is going to be out for a little while longer. Robin Kovar obviously sustained that injury in the very first game up in Swindon. Uh, and it's been a bit of a pathway back for him. Fingers crossed, touch wood. He'll be back on the ice this weekend. Um, it's close, I think, ladies and gentlemen. I think the, the weekend just gone was just one week too close. I think this week he should be good and, and ready to go. Aidan Dowdy suffering a... a, a <laughs> A work-related injury of the most bizarrest fashion, but he hopefully will be good to go again this weekend. Um, and then you add into that, just as you say, players having to step up across the board. Early in the game, Eddie Nags getting one of those very annoying, and I always hate these accidental high-stick five-plus match penalties that instant, sorry, match penalties that just take them out, players out the game. So instantly the likes of Luke Jackson's having to step up across the ice and Brendan Baird's having to step up in his role and, uh, it, it was a tr tremendous performance against a Leeds team that, okay, at the moment, they don't have Omice. I, I don't know how much they're training, but they are going to be a threat as the season goes on. Uh, Radek Mydell really impressed me as a player. I think once Andy Hurst gets flying, they've got a lot to go out there. That decor where you've basically got either in Luke Boothroyd or Sam Zajac, one of the most experienced D-men on the ice at any one time is going to be a big bonus for them. And we probably got a little rub of the green in terms of that gospel uh, sam gospel has received a match penalty the night before for fighting that has now been downgraded so actually he won't serve any more suspension time at all um but we got the rub of the green and that happened on the saturday night so 
the penalty isn't heard until later in the week. So he he comes through, but you've still got to beat what's on the ice, and and the bees certainly did that. I think it was a. It, it, I would put the comparison to 12 months ago. Um, I look at the team we've got now compared to what we've got 12 months ago. I think 12 months ago, we lose that game. I think we we either win it in an absolute high-scoring goal fest where it's like 7-6, or we lose that game. We fail to hold it out when that 5-on-3 comes along. We fail to hold it out as the time go, as, as Leeds get that late goal. We'll feel under pressure. I think that just shows it's a very different team. It's a very different mentality. And you're quite right. It's a very different work rate that is going to turn those results. Maybe last season that we were dropping points into games where we actually just pick up the points and, and, and stay in contention. Well, one thing I will say with Leeds, I was quite impressed with them because it's a unique challenge starting a new team. Sam Zajac, the player coach, has had to assemble a group of players and bind them into a team. And as you rightly said, they have no home ice at the moment. So it's a unique challenge of starting a new team, made even more difficult by the fact you haven't got a home base to work from. You haven't got a home fortress that you can create where you're looking to win your home games and as many as you can on the road. And it's, you know, it has been a, a tough start to the season for the Leeds Chiefs, but you can see the talent and the potential that's in there. One thing I will say is that I think perhaps their discipline could have been a little tighter on Sunday night. You know, there were a few, there's what you call a must-take penalty, isn't there? You know, obviously it's against the rules and you sit out two minutes for it. There's what you call a must-take penalty. But I thought that Leeds were giving up a few too many soft penalties and at fairly crucial moments of the game because what we saw on Sunday was that neither team could quite grab hold of the game and run away with it. And just as Leeds were starting to build a bit of momentum and you think, oh, bit of pressure on here, bit of pressure on, they were then ending up penalty killing, which ends any momentum they had and gives the bees back momentum. Leeds get their player back after two minutes and then they have to start again building that momentum. So one thing they are definitely going to have to work on is their discipline because they do have a talented roster. They are good in goal with Sam Gospel. They are good in defence, two of the best defencemen in the league, certainly there. They've got some good forwards as well. If they can get their home ice, build that fortress in Leeds and get that discipline under control, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm excited to see what they come. And I think this is where we talk about we've gone back to a national format. This is what excites me. We get to play teams like Leeds. It's a different look compared to what we've seen for the last few years. And you're going to see these teams come down and offer something different. And obviously we've still got some of those other uh, Northern clubs come down the likes of Hull, who've started the season in firing fashion. Sheffield have got some very exciting young players, Kieran Brown, who knows how long he might stay in this league, whether the Steelers might come calling for him as part of their two way deal and take him up. We don't know, but it is that it's going to be, it's not just seeing those same old faces come in the building. It's not just seeing those same old teams. You sort of knew what you were going to get when Invicta walked in the building, what would happen when Streatham come in, what would happen with the Raiders, uh, what would happen with, with the Cardiff fire when they were, you, you're getting rid of that and you're bringing in something a little bit different. And I think every coach across the league has learned to build a roster that's going to be working hard with a bit of talent. Because players have got the option right now to to stay down in the NIHL one. They've got some options to go up and play in the Elite League. And right now you're seeing players who've got the work ethic, are going to work hard, are going to battle hard. And as a result, it makes for these 
quite bizarre score lines that are going on at the moment. There's no sort of consistency across the league in that respect, but it's also making for exciting games to come in and sit and watch. Well, I think the Northern Conference was played slightly differently, wasn't it, than the Southern Conference last year? When you then put the two together now, I think you are going to see perhaps more of those slightly bizarre score lines when it's North versus South until everybody works each other out, works out the systems, the tactics. And then I think you'll start to see a more levelling of the, the playing field in terms of the scoring. But yeah, I think there is definitely potential for some of those slightly weird and wacky score lines that we've seen already this year. Yeah, I mean, you only have to look at the, the, there's a There's a three result sort of triangle that I'm looking at at the moment. And you can see first weekend of the season, Bison play Tigers, Bison pick up the victory on home ice. The next night, the Raiders thump the Bison at Raiders' hometown. And then the next weekend, the Tigers thump the Raiders in London. And it's just like, hang on, how, how does those results sort of come around? Are those, It could be that those three teams are very close amongst each other. And actually, on a good night, anyone can beat anyone. And on a bad night, anyone can lose to anyone. And that makes it exciting. Right now, we're a 500 hockey team. We've won two at home. We've lost two on the road. I think there's very positives to take away from those games on the road. The game in Peterborough, uh, the reports from that night are is that, well, we were well in contention until a couple of moments where we just dropped our head and lost it, and that was it. Same in Basingstoke. We went in ridiculously short-benched, and I've seen a few comments come flying out from that game about, oh, I'm not sure about the Bees netminder in Goss. Goss had a better save percentage that night than the Bison netminder. Like, he faced almost double the amount of shots and had a better save percentage. So, we were very much in contention in that game as well. And as a result, you you do get excited about it. It it is one-goal games, both times at the Hive at the moment. It, It could be a very strange year. To win the league, you might not need to blow apart your competition this season. You might only need to have... 65% 65% win percent bonus, uh, sorry, win percentage. You might only need to have a 65% win percentage to win the league because it could just be so tight where everyone's beating everyone. If no one runs away with it, hold, don't grab a hold of it. Swindon are doing the right thing at the moment. They're winning, but if they're losing, they're losing in overtime. So they're picking up the point. So they're staying in contention. If those two don't run away with it, it could become a very congested table which makes for exciting hockey. See, I remember a time back in the EPL days when Guildford first joined the EPL and the league was kind of decided by the Christmas turnaround. And that then makes January, February, March a little less exciting because although you're still jockeying for positions and playoff places, the league title, the actual big prize for the season, is already gone. And if the league is going to go the way you're suggesting this year, where the title's going to come down to maybe the last weekend or maybe the last two weekends, that's good from a spectator's point of view up and down the country. That is great from a fan's point of view because you know that you're potentially going to a game that may then decide the title. The same as these close games as well. I mean, I enjoy a close game. Yeah, it's a little more stressful if you're thinking, oh, 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 we've just conceded a power play and we've only got you know a minute left in the game and we're a goal ahead I enjoy that kind of thing you know I'd rather see a good uh you know one goal win rather than let's say a 15 nil shutout because it's close it's competitive and it's intense and if the league and the games are mirroring that this season then I think the NHL national fans are in for a treat all year long yeah I hope so I really do hope so and I think that that treat will continue this coming weekend for the Bees, obviously on Saturday, 
a trip to Swindon. We won there in pre-season. Swindon have already made already made a couple of changes. Max Brabeer might be available as a as a, a non-import player, which is a huge pickup for them. Um, obviously. Uh, Tyler Van Cleef still out of the lineup, so Jan Kostel playing as the uh, the import player. But Ribeira is making a difference there. That's why they're putting themselves in contention. But on Sunday, we welcome a, a, a familiar face, but not a recent face, back to the hive as the Milton Keynes Lightning come to town. It's 5.30 face-off on the Sunday with a bit of luck. Uh, I think that's the kindest way of putting it right now. So 5.30 face-off <laughs> on the Sunday uh, with the Milton Keynes Lightning in town. Now, you did a brilliant job of your Northern preview last week, Mark. It was absolutely well, amazing. Well, it was almost brilliant, wasn't no, it? No, no, it was perfect. the glaring omission. But, but what you did was you realised, hang on here, the Lightning are in town next weekend. We'll wait a week to do the preview. And I like that. It's a bit that of was sense. my thinking, yeah. There's a lot of sensibility and a lot of thinking there because this Lightning team, obviously... Two-year adventure up into the Elite League. It didn't go according to plan at all in Buckinghamshire, I think it's fair to say. I think th- there are some fans who are disappointed not to be playing in the Elite League, and uh, um, you-, you can understand that. Um, but I think overall, for the for the sake of ice hockey in Milton Keynes, a return to the NIHL National is, is a good move for them, a return to the second tier. Uh, you're certainly seeing the buy-in from the fan base that is there. And the team they've put together, it's... it's uh, it's a good-looking outfit. They've done the smart thing in some respects. They looked around at the NIHL and they went, who was probably the best player? One of the best players in the NIHL South last year was Russ Cowley. We'll pick him up. We'll bring him back in. You then can add elements as well with the likes of Lee Jamieson. I noticed Lewis Christie's just resigned as well, which is a pretty decent D pickup. They've kept some players coming down in the likes of James Griffin, added in a couple of players from the Elite League like Harry Ferguson and also bringing in Kale Tanaka as a... Um, as a non-import player as well, to go alongside their two imports. It, it just sort of, it feels like it could be a very good roster if it gels to me. Well, yeah, I mean, the other one you didn't mention is, of course, Jordan Lauday, who's come up from the Thunder with Lewis Clifford, who was the Thunder coach last year and is now the Lightning coach. Jordan Lauday was a frustrating being between the pipes last year. It's fair to say that the Thunder weren't the best in the NIHL 1 Britain Conference last year, but I think Lorde kept them in a lot of games that they probably otherwise had no right to be kept in. When you look at the strength, I mean, there are some familiar names to those in Milton Keynes that have had, shall we say, a sabbatical. While they were up in the Elite League, of course, the import restrictions are much less tight. But names like Grant McPherson, That's a Milton Keynes legendary name. Lee Jamieson as well, another one. When you look at those, Ross Green, these are all big names for Milton Keynes over the last few years. And when you look at the strength and depth in the roster, out on the ice itself, in defence and up front, and you add Lorde in, if this team gels, it's going to be a dangerous team. Yeah, you can, and it's weird, isn't it? You always In the years back in the EPL, you used to sit there with the Milton Keynes Lightning roster, and you, you could probably still do it right now. If I said to you, right, the year is 2011, write the Milton Keynes lost, but roster before the start of the season. You literally can sit there and you go, right, Holly heading goal. On D, you're going to have a mixture of uh, Jameson. You're going to have Christie. You're going to have uh, Ross Green because he's coming through. And then forward line, you sat there and you go, Wales, Tawalski, McPherson. It almost wrote itself, that roster. And it's kind of like they've, last couple of years, they haven't had that in Milton Keynes. It's kind of like they've gone back to it this year but still kept some of those elements with the likes of James Griffin, with the likes, as you rightly say, of uh, Jordan Lorde as well. And then you add into that someone like Thomas Kanar as their um, star import forward, a a previous uh, player for Swindon in the EPL. 
wherever he's gone, he's put up points. Last year was in Poland. The year before was in Czech free. He's only 31 as well. He could be, a, 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 and he's started the season in red hot form for the Lightning as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does in that lineup as well, because it has the potential to be a very happy return for the Lightning. Uh, there's a little bit of rebuilding that needs to go on off the ice and, and in the community as well. But there is the potential for them to be a really strong outfit on the ice. It's fair to say, and I don't want to get into, you know, like I don't want to get into putting uh, anybody down here. It's fair to see that the last two years in Milton Keynes, in terms of hockey, at the top end of their club structure, so by that I mean the Lightning, have been very dark days. There was all the promise and the potential of the Elite League, and it hasn't worked out from day one. And it's got progressively worse. So there was a word that Stuart used when we um, did the podcast with Stuart a couple of weeks ago, and that was sustainable. When I was saying, I think we're short on import in this league, Stuart was saying it's important that this is sustainable and maybe we'll add an import in a year or two or three's time. That, I think, applies massively to Milton Keynes. After the the ill-fated trip one league up, they have to be... I think sustainable first and secondly, they have to be entertaining and thirdly, they have to be competitive because yeah, there was a lot of reaction across social media when the Milton Keynes Lightning announced that they would be playing in NIHL. There was a lot of reaction like, well, this is going to be rubbish. It's going to be absolute rubbish. But to be fair, you've watched your team mostly be hammered for two years. What would you rather? Would you rather a good standard and let's be honest, this is a good standard now in an IHL national. Would you rather a good standard and an entertaining competitive team where you're going to see wins, you're going to see losses, you're going to see tight games, or would you rather have put that team back into the Elite League under a new ownership and maybe just see that two years of darkness continue into an even more darker situation? And that, that's kind of the thing you could never, I, I never understand, I, well, I do and I don't understand is that I'm myself, I grew up a Super League baby. So as a result, everything I see is through the eyes of, well, that's probably the best ice hockey I've ever saw in the UK. And as a result, everything sort of, there are some, I can understand how people just match everything up to that level. And I think there's, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of that going to happen in Milton Keynes. Some fans are like, no, I only believe in the elite league. I, I, I only see the elite league for what it is. I think it's a different, it's a different sport. It's a different, in the same way in which I'm not a massive NHL fan. Hand on heart, I don't sit there and really follow the NHL. I don't yeah. really enjoy watching it. it, it I, I can appreciate it. Don't doubt me. But I, I don't exactly sit there. It, I, and people say, well, why do you prefer Why do you prefer the British game to the NHL? The NHL? So I, I see it almost as two different sports. It's two, mm. different, it's two different games. Um, and as a result, I take more pleasure through watching the endeavour of the, the work ethic at this level where... If you see a moment of magic, like Brian Webb's goal on Sunday, I think is a prime example of that. Oh, yeah. Where he just turned on the burners for a split second, and that's all he needed to get clear and get the shot on. And that was just like, whoa, That this is a moment to enjoy. This is, it doesn't matter what league that's in. That is a moment where a player has taken an opportunity and created a chance. It's fantastic to watch. And you, you, you're going to get that in the NHL National. You're going to get that in the Elite League. You're going to get that in the NHL. I've never really bought into the Elite League 
it's no secret. Anyone that's ever read anything I've written on my own blog or, you know, in a program for other teams will know I've never bought into this ridiculously high import level, you know, and it being a product rather than a sport, you know. Um, I've never really bought into that. But you know from your time in Basingstoke when Basingstoke dropped out the Elite League to the EPL, and I know from my time in Slough when Slough dropped out the BNL to the EPL, that there was a choice of either no hockey or hockey at a different level. And I think it's only fair that you give it a chance, you know. Um, it may be that you think after watching two years of Elite League, you know, if you're a Milton Keynes fan, you think, no, this isn't for me. But you can only make that decision by giving it a chance. You've got a roster out there that's going to be competitive. You've got a roster that is, I mean, when you look at it, all right, yeah, there are some new names, but there's names in there that are Milton Keynes through and through. Give it a chance and see whether you like it. You know, like Graham says, you get the skill of Ryan Webb. That wouldn't matter if it was in a rec game, if it was in uh, an NIHL game, an elite league game, or an NHL game. If you were to see skill like that, you would applaud it. So I would say, you know, if you are thinking about Milton Keynes, oh, I'm really disappointed about the drop. Give it a try. Get behind the guys. Give it a try. If you find after a month, two months, three months, it's not for you. Fair enough. At least you can say you've given it that try because both Graham and I know the effect of watching a club drop and then adapting into a new league. Yeah, and you completely spot on. And Bees fans have, have done it themselves, obviously, over the years. Yep. The drop from the BNL to the EPL, the drop even from the EPL to the NIHL National. And you, you do get over time. And the thing you have to remember sometimes is for some fans, it is a drop they can't get over. But there are also other fans, and there's plenty of these in Bracknell at the moment who are coming into the building. This is all they've ever known. This is the hockey that they know. And as a result, this is the hockey that they love. And it's weird when you see that. It really is that sort of, okay, people just come in and think, and you will watch the hockey in Bracknell and go, this is, this is, the, this is the best hockey I'm ever going to see. Yeah. And you have, to, you have to support them on that. And yeah, you hear the odd outlandish thing of people going, oh, could XYZ player go up and play in the NHL? Let's be honest, probably not. Um, but you, you, that's what they see it as, and that's the hockey they see, the hockey they enjoy. And I, I think that's the, the that's the blessing. You get those fans who support the team. You get those fans who support the, the support. You, su you get those fans who support the players. You get those fans who just like the evening's entertainment. And it doesn't matter where you fit. It just kind of is that hockey is for everyone sort of discussion there it really is for everyone you, you take whatever you want from the sport and you make it out to what it, what you want it to be well we have in Bracknell don't we we have as you say new people we have a fantastic response to the school zone the new group zone as well uh, the learn to play program has just kicked off but we have in Bracknell a a good strong contingent of new fans that have come in over the last six 12 months who as you say like you know this is what they know this is hockey but equally, we have a good standing in Bracknell of longer-term fans who will have watched that Super League win, who will have then seen the drop, firstly to BNL, to EPL, and then down to NIHL. And, you know, they're there. They're enjoying it. And the, the important thing is, you know, I think, and this is no disrespect to the NIHL One Britain Conference, there were some teams last year that perhaps were a little above their, a little out of their depth. 
And some games, I think some fans across all teams will admit, if they weren't season ticket holders, they probably didn't go. I know even some season ticket holders at other clubs who thought, I'm not going to that. I'm not worried about it. This year, though, you know, when you look at the, the rosters across the league and when you look at the way the league has started out, the standard it's being played at, I think you're going to get an exciting hockey season this year. I don't think you're going to see the league title decided anywhere near Christmas time because there are so many teams that could do it. And even those that possibly maybe are on the outside of could do it, those are the teams then that could disrupt those that could do it. So every game is going to have a significance somewhere, I think, whether it's in deciding whether your club wins the title or whether it's you then involved in a game that might decide whether someone else's club can still win the title or not, because if you can get one over on them, mathematically they're out. Every game this season, I think, is going to have a value up and down the country. Yep, and I can't wait for it. And that's what's exciting me. That's what's... It's it's bitten the bug in me again this season. It always does every year at some point, but it really has this year. You look around, I'm just, and I look at what the performances our guys have been putting in in this early stage of the season. And I just think this could be a very special year. This could be, this is one you're not going to want to miss out on. And uh, I, I hope there's many others who feel exactly the same as I do, because it, it really is a, it, you're going to have some highs, you're going to have some lows, you're going to have some middle points. You're going to just, it's, it's going to be one of those years to remember. I think there's other years where a season goes by and you don't, you, you sit there and you go, Oh, can you remember what happened in this season? And, You've got the odd moment, but that's it. I think this year is just going to be, you're going to look back at this year with a fond smile on your face. Do you know what? When you said there, when you look at the effort that our guys are putting in, yes, there are regular roster members that are, you know, stepping up because of the absences. Like even on Sunday, as you mentioned, Eddie Nags gone from the game within the first period. Everyone else then has to step up. But what also impressed me was like, you know, the younger members that Doug has brought in over the summer. They've bought in already their work ethic, second to none. And then you have young Casey Wilson playing on Sunday, Josh Ely Newman. I mean, what about Josh Ely Newman's goal? And there he is, you know, like just keen to get out there, represent the Bracknell Bees and put up a good show both for himself in terms of maybe his future and also for the fans that are there to watch the game as well. And I was impressed by that, you know, like the... The quality of the roster that Doug has put together this year, you know, there's, if you look at some clubs, there is a star line and then there's the others. I don't think we have that. I mean, we've got fantastic players. Let's not get over that. Roman Malenik, you know, he's great. I've not seen Robin Kovar this year, but I remember him as being very, very good when he played in the EPL. You've got Eddie Nags, you've got Aidan Dowdy, you've got players like that, Josh Smith, Josh Martin. But when you also look, you've then got the young brilliance of Zach Milton coming through as well. You know, you've got uh, Brendan Baird, who is, you know, shaping into a very good defenseman. You've got Ryan Webb. Now, I remember him. He played in Slough in what turned out to be the last year there. And I remember him. He was only very young back then. And I did say to Craig Moran, who was the Jets coach in that final phase, I said to him, he will go on and he will get somewhere in this sport. Like you could just see something about him. And to see him on Sunday, first time I've seen him since he, you know, or really watched him rather since he played for Slough. And I thought, you know what? He has. He uses the skill and he uses that speed. He's not a big guy, 
But it doesn't matter because when you look at the way he got to the net on Sunday, it doesn't matter. He didn't need to be a big guy to barrel his way through because nobody could catch him. And when you look at this B's roster, you think, do you know what? You know, yeah, there is some real star talent in there as well, but there's no the others. It's a very balanced team. It's a collective. And I think, yeah. What, that was what, the word I was looking for, actually. Yeah. I'm just your thesaurus. That's all I am. I'm just on the side here with a, support, a thesaurus looking at uh, things. But yeah, it really is. It's that collective effort that is going to prove the difference. And I think it's something last year in this league we saw Peterborough have that I think Peterborough are currently, for whatever reason, are lacking right now on the ice. Uh, I think I think someone's described it to me as it feels like every other team has stepped forward and Peterborough have just stood still. I don't think that's quite the case. I think Peterborough there is a danger, do- isn't there? There yeah. is a danger of that happening. Like when you are as successful as Peterborough were last year, and we've mentioned this before in previous podcasts, the league could have been theirs. The Coventry final weekend could have been theirs. When you are that successful, and then Slava comes out soon after with the announcement of, we have re-signed the whole team. Other teams can then kind of look, can't they, and say, all right, well, Peterborough were really successful. What made them successful? You've got time then to kind of sit and look back over your video highlights if you've got them of games against Peterborough and pick out what did they do better than us. And you can then kind of build, you know, a team or tactics or whatever around what you think Peterborough did better than you. Whereas when you look at Peterborough, well, we did really well, so we'll re-sign the whole team. There is a tendency that that can happen. And the other thing is, just getting away from that. The other thing is, irrespective of whether, you know, people then try and better, you know, like individual players and individual moves, when you have been successful, you become a target, don't you? For every other coach in the league, you look and you think, all right, okay, so Peterborough were that good last year. Swindon were that good last year. What can we do to be as good, if not better? Yeah, and I think that's that's exactly... What's happened, I think, this year, there are coaches across the league, including maybe one in Berkshire, who's turned around and sat there and gone, Peterborough are the team that are probably going to win the league. If, you, if you're going to win the league, you're probably going to have to beat Peterborough. How do I build a team to beat Peterborough? How do we match up to Peterborough? And I think we showed that over the first weekend of the season. We got a team that is going to be able to skate and compete and think. We won that game 5-4 without Robin Kovar. Like little things like that. We didn't have one of the key linchpins of the squad. Robin Kovar. I think was a was a great player in the EPL. There's a potential he might be a slightly better player now. I think he he might be the league might suit him a lot more in terms of speed, in terms of um in terms of his physical shape, in terms of his skill set. I think he might end up being a it's a weird thing to say, even more of an impact of a player in this league than what he was in the EPL previously. And that's a guy who led the scoring in the EPL one year. Well, so, yeah. so, it, and I think, okay, we've got the team. Is that to do similar that. with Roman Malinik though? Because Roman Malinik came to the UK first, didn't he, with the Manchester Phoenix? But then when he came to the NIHL, Straight away, he stood out, didn't he? Like the speed, the awareness, the making things happen. The physicality. And there's that potential. Yeah, the physicality. I mean, Roman is a, he's a big guy, isn't he? He looks after himself, works hard on his legs, so he's got that speed. <laughs> and there's a potential then for Robin Kovar to do the same. A guy that led the scoring in the EPL to then say, do you know what? I'm going to make this my year and I'm going to set this league on fire. 
And I can bet you right now he's hungry as well. Obviously, it was a the game against Swindon. It started perfectly for him. He scored that short, amazing shorthanded goal, and it all looked like it was going to go flying forward. And then injury struck, and it just derailed him. And that and he's probably going to come back. Like Robin hasn't sat there and let himself go to waste. He's still in tip-top condition. He might just be a little bit hungrier now to make his impact on the ice and make his performance stand out even more. Um, and as a result, you don't want him to do too much. You don't want him to try too hard and, and, and get frustrated with himself because it's just not clicking. It is still going to take a couple of weeks just to get the body going. I think we're seeing that right now with Adam Goss, for example, in that. I think Adam had a, a challenging start to life as a starter in this league, and, and it, it's been a very big change for him. But I think he's beginning to find his feet, and you, you've seen some of the saves and some of the performances he's brought out in recent weeks. I think he's beginning to adjust to this position. It, is, it, well, must, it must be strange to go from being a backup, a backup, a backup to you're starting this week. Oh, if you yeah. have a, if you, if you have an indifferent game, you're starting tomorrow night. Get out on the ice. Mm. Like it's a it's a complete change in mindset, and it's just it's taken a bit of time for him to bed in. But we're a month into it now. He seems to be settling in between the pipes. I think you got across the ice. Guys are settling into their roles, like Louis Colvin, like Ryan Webb, like Zach Milton like the decor, like Stuart Mogg, who's standing out again this season. And I think Robin might just need a couple of weeks to get back. But when he does, he's going to be, have that ability to stand out and shine. Do you know, I just want to say about Adam Goss, obviously Sunday, as we've already mentioned, was my first time this year. And he was one of the players that I was definitely looking out for, thinking, you know, like elite league backup, now an NIHL starter. How's he going to go? And he impressed me. His game awareness, his positioning, to shots and not only that there was a save he made uh while you were working on the laptop there was a save he made and i thought he's beaten they've scored because the puck was on one side of the net and so was adam goss he got to the other side of the net just as quick as the pass and denied that shot and i was thinking oh he's beaten you know he's done so well but he's got to be beaten now and he wasn't i think that you know like you say, it's taken him a little while to settle in, but I think he's only going to get better and better now because not only is he now becoming more accustomed to his role, and as you say, as a backup, if you don't perform to standard, well, you're not going to play again, are you, for a few games, a few weeks. As a starter, you are expected, if you do have an off night, and let's be honest, everybody does at some stage. You know, you hope they're rare, but everybody does at some stage. If you do have an off night on the Saturday, you know you have to clear your head and go out and do the business on the Sunday. He's adjusting to that. But I think what we'll find with Adam as well is there's no shortage of talent. There's no shortage of ability. And as he's becoming more and more comfortable in this starter's role, and as he's you know getting more and more time, he's just going to grow in confidence. And I think that will help him greatly. Yep, and I, I think I, I think the save you're talking about, I can remember as well. There's been a couple of them in recent weeks where I think the first couple of weeks he might not have got there, but now he is, and he's even brought out a few saves where his natural body, his natural body uh, positioning would take it with him, but he's held firm and made the save. I think, yeah, he's just begun to get into the groove, and what better way can he continue to get into that groove than this Sunday when the Milton Keynes Lightning come to the hive, his side from last season. He'll be keen to prove a point there. He'll be keen to turn around to those MK fans and go, hey, remember me? I was your backup in the Elite League. I'm starting here and I'm going to keep the uh, keep the puck out the back of the net against your guys. That's Sunday night at the Hive. It's a 5.30 face-off for that one. Tickets are obviously available on the door for that one. 
Um, but it will be a cracker after the night before where we're in Swindon and hopefully returning to somewhere looking like a full roster with uh, hopefully Robin Kovar and hopefully Aidan Dowdy back out on the ice as well. So real promising weekend of action ahead, I think, Mark. I think so as well. I mean, like Swindon is always, always a tough challenge. Interesting with the two preseason games, they went against home advantage. Now, as you say, the Wildcats have made a couple of changes since then. And also, um, you know, like it's, it's, it's two tough games. We've looked at the Milton Keynes roster. We know the Swindon roster and we know the changes that they've made since. So it is two tough games. And I think that's going to be an interesting one here for the Bees. Like if you look back to last weekend, Peterborough home, Peterborough away, two tough games. You know you've got to put in 120 minutes of 100% effort. And it's going to be the same this weekend. You know, hopefully the roster is going to be closer to its full self, but you know that you have 120 minutes that you're going to have to battle if you want those points this weekend. There's four of them up for grabs. And I think, you know, to get all four of them is going to be 120 minutes of concentration, of effort, putting the bodies on the line. It's going to be a great weekend of ice hockey, I think. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So we, we, let's let's just get into that weekend of hockey, shall we? Mark, how can there, any fan want to keep up to date with all the latest to do with the Bracknell Bees? If you're on the website, that is bracknellbees.com. Bracknellbees.com is our website. There's loads of information on there, player information, news. Of course, it's where you can access Bees Radio Network as well for your free live coverage of the home games at the Hive this season. If you are a social media user on Facebook, just search for Bracknell Bees or it's facebook.com slash Bees Ice Hockey if you want to go straight there. On Twitter, Bees Ice Hockey again is the username. And if you're on Instagram, the Bracknell Bees. So that's how you get in uh, on the act with the social media. Make sure you like and follow. Then you'll get notifications, of course. You know, if you're on Instagram as well. Tick the little notification thing because uh, with the... With the Instagram, uh, the algorithm, sometimes you may miss things. So tick the little thing on Instagram as well. Uh, Also, if you want updates on the Twitter, you can uh, get notification on each tweet that we post as well for news items and links to the radio coverage for your home games and that, updates from away games. Plenty of ways that you can follow us on the website, on Facebook, on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, if you would like to buy your tickets in advance for Sunday night, a 5.30 face-off, doors open at five uh, 4.45, 4.45, then you can call 01-344-789-000. That's 01-344-789-000. I'm glad one of us has remembered the number. Mark, thanks very much. Pleasure as ever for your company. It's a pleasure having you back, Graham. <laughs> it's nice to be back, and we'll see you all again this Sunday. Take care. Goodbye. Bees Radio Network. BracknellBees.com.